0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, 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 the way tire buying should be.
5: How about an NFL hot take? Sure, right
1: ahead yes, of a oh, week boy.
5: nine of you the really, National Football
1: you League season. Really, really don't know what I was going to say there that really needs to wait until the. A little of baby nervous Alex.
5: as to what you were going to head down to. I mean, because we we had to have the finger on the dump button uh-huh. after the Knicks lost. Yeah, I mean, no, you don't want to have to sit there the whole night. No, no, because no, then no, you no. get carpal tunnel. No, it wouldn't and then be- we wouldn't have t-shirt for a while. Mm. That'd be
1: bad. No, no, it we wouldn't have been that. anything that I said that it would have been all oh, like a bad word. It would have been ooh that context and comment might have best been saved for the slide over baby. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, reserve it. I mean, and now I'm not going to think of anything else but that delayed for the gratification. Next two and a half hours. Yeah. Cam Newton has suffered a setback in his comeback to be the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. So much so that now his return is a ways off and he'll be visiting Dr. Robert Anderson, a renowned foot specialist in Green Bay, to seek more information on the foot injury that has not completely healed. Do you believe that this is legitimately a setback or is this... It's sort of face-saving because I'm looking at this as a face-saving situation. He looked pretty good running around last on last Sunday. All reports were, hey, he was doing well. What was a setback? Well, we didn't hear anything about a setback this week. Suddenly today, it's oh, there's a setback and he's flying to Green Bay. All right? This smacks of a face-saving move in which Cam Newton pushed to come back. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And the team decided, you know what? No, not yet. Kyle Allen has played really well. Didn't play well last week, but he was great. We won all our games this season with him up until last week. We're going to give him a little more time. And by a little more time, we mean at least a few more weeks. So. What can we figure out? Well, I'm still not – you know what, go see this. You know what, stay out. And I'm sure this is couched in the not just strictly the, hey, Cam, you're not getting the job back. But we really would like you, if you're still not absolutely 100% raring to go, ready to go, go see a big specialist. Go see someone about this because everything was going to be fine. What's the setback that he suffered? I mean, that, I mean uh, this whole plot line, this whole storyline has played out that way. Cam Newton, I'm going to sit out as long as I can. But now on the field doing things, ready to come back. It's a tough decision they're not ready for. And when the Ravens made it last year saying we are sticking with Lamar Jackson, it was only for the last two or three weeks of the season that Joe Flacco had to be embarrassed because they hid Flacco's injury for a long time. And then while Flacco wasn't happy about it, he didn't really cause any controversy, and everybody knew by that point it was Lamar Jackson's job. The same thing's happening right now. And that's why I look at this and go, eh, is this really a big setback, or is this something where? Well, I think there's something more at work because that's how this is playing out. Cam is right, pushing, ready to come back. Doesn't want to lose his job. Yes, Cam will be the guy when we come back. And now suddenly, oh, now he's out a long time. Whoa, whoa, what, what was it? What setback? If he slipped and fell, we would have known. If there was something at practice, we would have known. What setback did he have? This is just a case of a team. Let's get some more rope out here and 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 give us some more room to be able to meander and and get around hard decisions we don't want to make right now and that's Cam Newton. You're not the starting quarterback of the Panthers because Kyle Allen's played better. The team has played better under him and this is probably going to be your last year with the team and if we move on we want to get a really good look at Kyle Allen before we decide what we want to do the rest of this year in the offseason. We're still fighting for the playoffs now because he's got us. He's won every game he started up until last week. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see this as so much of a oh boy, here's a big setback. As well, well I, it's kind of bland out really similar to what happened last year with Flacco for me to go, yep, yep, yep. Oh, Cam's they're just being safe with it. I don't see it.
5: Yeah, at some level, you wonder how much he was hurt the aggressive timetable was you had such an unknown guy coming in to replace him, right, with Kyle Allen. You got him briefly last year, but overall, it was still a question mark. You went and drafted Will Greer as your potential long-term solution, and as this injury goes on, Cam's saying he wasn't completely honest with them at the outset. But Kyle Allen, at this point, you want to see how he responds from the thumping he took a week ago. right? You want to see what he is, and as we've talked about so long, it's been the copycat league going back to the Seattle Seahawks and what they did with all those mid-round picks back in 2013-2014 of it working with a quarterback on his rookie deal and being able to build around. Well, that's what you have with Kyle Allen, if you let Cam Newton go. Is it Necessarily the right move from a. I don't think Cam Newton's done by any stretch, but you're trying to make the decision in the now, bringing him back in at whatever percentage he is. Is that the best move for the Panthers? No. Allen's guided this team pretty well, so yeah, you push him off another couple of weeks, and then by then, by then you're either a playoff contender, and you could say, well, either Cam is the guy we want to push through, or you've bet on Kyle Allen, and Cam Newton becomes well the next Denver Broncos quarterback.
1: Let me read you a little bit of Ron Rivera to tell to tell you how much mystery this is under, right? Just to tell you about why I, I I look at this differently than just, hey, it's a setback. The press conference today he had. Can you follow up on the statement that was issued by the team today about Cam? The statement tells you the whole thing, right? Was it much of a surprise this had to happen? I couldn't tell you that either. Is the hope to avoid surgery? I just can't. There's nothing to tell you. Has it been discussion putting him in on IR? I don't want to get into that because, again, we're listening to information we're getting. Is he still progressing forward? I think a lot of people may view this as a setback. I wouldn't even use the word setback because, again, nobody really knows. Okay, so you tell me. You tell me if this is really a big setback or if this is a face-saving move for Cam Newton.
5: For really? Rod Rivera and company, short answers, no comment, next question. They went all ditka I want to get out of here. We don't, we don't want to talk about this. We want anybody with any other questions about the game ahead.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next.
7: Terms and conditions apply. So, yeah, the Mets have a new manager. Yeah, they do.
1: He is former Met, former Yankee, former Astro, former Kansas City Royal, Carlos Beltran. And there's really good, and then there's what can never be unseen. Carlos Beltran has been with the Yankees in the front office for the past couple of years. Checks all the boxes you want from a manager. Someone who is going to work with the front office, because this is what managers are now you know you're not going to come in and manage a team you're gonna come in and manage a team as you work with the front office it's why Joe Madden took the Angels job it's one of the last jobs that will give you somewhat of any autonomy to do the job everything else is now hey the front office has realized we can run things we, we can we can run a team so you're gonna be the manager but you're gonna put out the lineup we want and play the players we want and and talk with us about it hey we can kind of manage well you, so you saw this when is the, the trend now
5: when the uh, Cubs announced David Ross they had to answer the Question about being a puppet repeatedly. Yeah, every, they spent yeah. so much time on that. Everybody's going. All right, he's a puppet. He's a puppet. You're a
1: puppet. And they're all. They're all going to be puppets. They're all. But that's what the manager job is in Major League Baseball now. You can be upset about it, but this is reality. This is what if you are a manager in Major League Baseball now and you are getting hired new. You are going to have to collaborate with the front office, and that's going to be the job. It's and not, your job it's is managing job egos, right? It's not right, what the job as was. much as
5: tactician.
1: Yeah, are you going to get the chance to make some tactical moves during a game? Sure. But is the lineup you put out going to be yours? No. Are the players who are going to see most of the time always going to be yours? No. It's maybe 60% of what the job used to be. But if you want to manage, this is what it is. So I'm I'm sorry, I can't cut it up any way to say, oh, some teams are, this is what the job is. But Beltran checks all the boxes. He'll come in. He's been he's he's played in New York. He understands what New York is. He's an incredibly intelligent player. He has stolen signs and played the the intangibles game his entire career. Players love him. He has the instant cachet with the guys. He's he's His playing career is still close enough that everybody remembers. He has that kind of respect in the clubhouse. So it all works great, right? It all works great. Beltran sounds like he's going to be a great hire, considering whoever you hire is going to work with the front office anyway. All of that being said, when you say Carlos Beltran, Mm -hmm. all any Mets fan and any fan in baseball history thinks of
3: is this. One of the most dangerous
0: hitters in the business at the plate, Carlos Beltran. He is ready. So is Wainwright. The
2: 0-2 delivery.
0: curve struck him out looking. The Cardinals are going to Michigan to take on the Tigers. They are National League champions and headed for Detroit.
1: Cardinals Radio Network. Now MLB Productions on the call. Carlos Beltran will forever be the guy who took strike three looking with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning of the NLCS in 2006. That is burned into my brain and every Mets fan's brain and everybody's brain forever. When you think about Carlos Beltran, what do you think of? Struck out look in the 2006 NLCS. This is 13 years ago. That's who he is. That's who he's going to be as Mets manager. That is never going to leave him. Hey, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a time where in a year or two, it's look at this story from scourge of the Mets in 2006 to where he is now. Who thought he could get past that mistake? And not only did he get past that, but he had a horrible relationship with the Mets after that. Horrible. They let him go. They thought he wasn't healthy. He wanted to get surgery on, on, his, on his knee and, and the Mets said he didn't need it. And it was a horrible relationship. It sounds like the Jets. It's what a, the hell's wrong with all awesome. the teams it's you the cheer thing. for?
5: I a mean, bunch of dopes running things.
1: Yeah, a, You don't get that surgery. It was a ridiculously bad relationship and still here he is back. So, alright, never say never. But it's the same ownership. It's the same thing, and here's Beltrán. I can't believe that this is who they went to. But not only that, I can't believe they went to him, and I can't believe it's not going to be Game Seven of the NLCS is going to be on everybody's mind. Whatever movie makes, whatever something happens, if the Mets start losing, it's going to be well. What do you expect from a guy that took strike three looking? All right, the guy took Bottom line is, at no is. point should it's anybody it.
5: ever have their bat on the
1: shoulder. I don't. I That's don't, it. I don't get how they thought that the, the, he's got to be so good right away for any for him to get any kind of pass. So good. right Can't struggle out of the gate. Can't struggle with management. Can't bat out of order. Mickey Calloway can't do any of that <laughs> stuff because he's not coming in with a clean slate. Third he's paragraph in, in every write-up. He's coming in as a guy who struck out looking in Game 7 to end the NLCS on a big 12-6 hook from Wainwright that I saw coming that I wish I could have screamed out of the window. Here comes the hook!
5: And he was looking at it. He still would have ignored you and kept the bat on his shoulder. That's that's we've met show. Welcome, welcome aboard. Yep. So that's hey, what the Met It's the first day of the new season. Yep. First day of the holiday season, first mm-hmm. day of um well, Met season.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: We do it every week. One top twenty-five college football game, one NFL game. I was one in one last week, so I'm now eleven and five on the season. So I've been pretty good. I had an 0 for last week. It was bad. College, I'm going USC plus 5 over Oregon. The Pac-12 is dicey. USC's offense is dangerous. USC plays well at home on both sides of the ball. It's a big game. This will be a shootout. It's a field goal game. I like USC to pull the upset. I mean, I'll take the points, but I like them to pull the upset.
5: I like chaos, so I am taking Florida plus the points. That's chaos. Plus six at Jacksonville with Georgia coming to town. Georgia Give it up just about 10 points a game. So, certainly not a, an easy task. But we've seen Florida able to move the ball effectively in other big games. I think they sting the upset here and get confused the college football world.
1: In the NFL, Mitchell Trubisky knows this is his last chance. Not a Major League Baseball Steve Howe last chance. He knows this is his last chance. Wow, that was deep. The Bears come together this week after a bad loss last week with a big effort. Philadelphia is too inconsistent. They get the big win last week. They'll have a letdown this week. The Bears know this is a huge, we either get better or we pack it in week and I'll take the Bears plus four. They went on the field as well, but I'll still take the points. I dig that.
5: I already gave you the Denver Broncos in in what is chaos theory in the National Football League the other game that I'm going to take a look at is Tampa Bay on the road because it's now the I'm just winging the ball around period for Jameis Winston so plus five against Seattle secondary which has been gettable time and again this this year I, I think Winston will have his requisite turnovers but the opportunity is there to make plays downfield
7: Terms and conditions apply. Plenty of big NFL news to get to, and nobody better to join us right now
1: than Sirius XM NFL radio host, longtime NFL insider, Alex Marvez. AM, what's happening, my friend?
0: I am doing well, John. I'm getting ready for a Florida-Georgia action tomorrow. A big, more big uh, football weekend for me from that standpoint. And then, of course, the NFL. Great game last night, San Francisco-Arizona. Very entertaining. And hopefully week nine... Unfolds the same way because I hate crappy football.
1: Well, before we get to the games, uh, obviously one of the big headlines today involved Josh Gordon, who was claimed by the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll saying, We got a unique talent and we'll see what he's about next week. And, you know, Pete Carroll went on to say they were surprised that Josh Gordon was available. And I wanted to tell Pete Carroll, have you not paid attention to what's going on with Josh Gordon in his career the past year or two since he's been allowed back in? And you really surprised that nobody put in a claim on him?
0: Well, I'll say this: you know, for teams that aren't making the playoffs, why bother with Josh Gordon? He's on a one year; he's got one year left on his contract. Not going to float your boat. And for some teams, like let's say you're the Miami Dolphins, you don't want to get better, really, right? right. I mean, you, you just want to continue to suck. So you know why not do it? Look, but I guess if the Bengals pass on you, then you know you're really in trouble, right? I mean that, that's you know that type of statement. But I mean the thing with Josh and, and Mike Lombardi, um, you know he he had a podcast. He does apparently no one listens to it because he just went all in on Josh Gordon last week, and, and you know very public how he compared you know the way that the Patriots do business to like Navy SEAL training and basically said that they're not just interested in you physically as a player. It's not what appeals to them. It's also mental toughness. It's being able to be consistent day in, day out, week in, week out. And Josh Gordon was starting to become inconsistent. He was becoming late to meetings. He was not doing He was doing things that were becoming alarming to the coaching staff, and they just decided to get out now while the getting was good and then instead put their eggs in the basket of Muhammad Sanu where you don't have to worry about those types of problems. So, you know, for Josh Gordon, it's different with the Seahawks. Look, Pete Carroll, maybe he can tolerate a guy for seven weeks showing up late once in a while, right? Maybe not even showing up at all, but hopefully just showing up late Because of what he can give you on Sunday, and I think the players understand too. With him coming in now, that that, you know, with the Patriot way, you know, you need to follow a uniform standard. I think maybe Seattle, like, think some of the veteran players can look at it like this: as long as the guy helps us on Sunday, if he needs to spend a little bit of extra time, if he's not always, uh, you know, not always showing up for the three o'clock meeting at three, that type of thing, I think they'll be willing to tolerate that. If he helps them win, just a different a different place where the Patriots organization is at. Different with the Seahawks, but you just have to wonder how many more chances Josh Gordon is going to get if he can't make things work out for at least the rest of the season in the Pacific Northwest.
5: All right, and you you mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals, and we talked to Jay Glazer a little bit about it, and said, "Well, try to explain the Bengals," and he laughed. And then there was pause, and we laughed again. Uh, for you, why were they not sellers at the trade deadline? I mean, they're done. You're going towards the number one pick, AJ Green, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was basically in tears with reporters, saying, "Give me a shot to go play somewhere."
0: Yeah, well, I don't. But I don't know how many people are knocking on their door for Andy Dalton either. I mean, you can get a bucket Andy of balls did.
5: for him. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I guess. I guess if there's a team that's running, I mean, what contender? is gonna trade for Andy Dalton right now, Maris. Really? I mean, yeah. Like I said, contender. Hey, what contender? How dare you? Because I mean, Matt you Nagy's know, still
5: gonna be the coach. I mean, come on.
0: Well, that's well. Listen, and can Ryan Pace admit? Yeah, I should have taken Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, and you totally pull the rug out from under Mitchell Trubisky, whereas I think they're going to continue, at least for the rest of the season, to ride the Mitchell Trubisky train, even if it drives them into the ground. I mean, there's no more damning thing that you can do to a quarterback or an offense as a statement than not run a play at the end of that game against the L.A. Chargers. where you, All you need is one play that you need to execute to gain about, what, five, six yards, put your kicker in even better position. Instead, not only do they have Trubisky take the knee, the guy takes a knee in the long spot. And he puts Eddie Panetta on the left hash mark where he didn't want to be. And Panetta went public with it, then realized, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But how does he not even know where the kicker wants the football? Who's communicating? It's, it's a Bears offense that has completely lost its way. It, they're just throwing stuff against the wall. I digress. When we get back to the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, though, I mean, look, I, I think that they're, they're – look, we know what the Bengals are, right? They'll spend on their own players, but they're not going to spend in free agency. And I, I think they're making a huge mistake here by trying to keep this core group of players together, aging guys. What good is A.J. Green doing for the rest of the season? Unless they think that there's a compensatory pick formula that they are now going to follow and that, that A.J. Green will sign elsewhere and that they'll lose enough free agents that they can start getting compensatory picks. But even then, I don't think A.J. Green is signing a top-dollar deal anywhere. But maybe, too, with a player who's injured like that, maybe they've got a guy that I don't say is damaged goods, but maybe he really can play for another couple of weeks. Maybe to them it wasn't worth what might have been low trade compensation. And, but, again, they're the Bengals. They're, they're not – I see, I don't feel like they're in it to win it, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, like, this is a team that should have been ditching all these veteran players trying to accumulate as many draft picks as they can and start looking ahead to 2020. And instead now the only move that they made, they're making amid an 0-8 start is going with Ryan Finley as their starting quarterback. Good luck, kid. You're going to need it because the offensive line is terrible, you can't run the football, and your defense stinks.
1: Alex Marvez with us. SiriusXM XMNFL radio host and insider. All right, we picked the game of the week a few minutes ago. Both Mike and I like the Ravens to upset the Patriots on Sunday. Not because it's, oh, suddenly it's a fashionable thing, but – for me, I am. It sort of lines up like the Ravens should win this game. They're at home, coming off a bye. They're coming off a big win. They have played the Patriots tough in the past. The Patriots have not seen a quarterback like Lamar Jackson this year. Who, even though Belichick does great things against first and second year quarterbacks, if you can't catch him on the field, you can't catch him. They have the best running attack in the NFL, and the Patriots' offense isn't that good. I just think for one moment in time this week, it lines up for the Ravens to win this game.
0: You know what the Patriots' record is since 2014 against quarterbacks in their first or second season, right?
1: Yeah, I understand. You know that's why Chris Berman says, but that's why they play the games, TJ.
0: You know they're they're, they're 21 and 0 against young quarterbacks, like nah. 21 and 0. You know that they're eight and one against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know in their past nine meetings, just so just wanted to point that out as well. Oh, and the Patriots also for that terrible offense, leading the NFL in scoring at 31.3 points per game. But other than that, they suck. I mean, they're terrible. Well, their offense is
1: not very good. Their offense is okay. They're leading on scoring because they're – look, if they didn't score a point on offense, they'd still be 500 this year. Tells you what kind of year they're having on defense.
0: Isn't that amazing? (laughs) And I will tell you, isn't it remarkable that their defense has scored more than what what they've given up to opposing offenses? Their defense has scored four touchdowns and a safety. They've given up four touchdowns on defense the entire season it is a remarkable thing look it's a weird matchup stylistically because number one Lamar Jackson likes to make plays with his legs right but the but the Patriots have never in 20 years of Bill 20 seasons of Bill Belichick coaching have never allowed an opposing quarterback to rush for 100 yards in a game the last guy to get to do anything really big against him with his legs was Tim Tebow back in 2011 week 15 he had 93 yards that was it so I think you know you look at that matchup, then you look at the way the Patriots play defense. They play man coverage, right? More than any team in the NFL. Well, man coverage against a, a you know quarterback like Lamar Jackson, that's a recipe for disaster, right? I mean, you start sending your, your receivers deep, you got man coverage sticking with them, and all of a sudden Lamar Jackson has wide you know lanes to run through. So I'm curious about how the Patriots are going to try to you know diffuse Lamar Jackson. It, to me, it's it's it, I mean to me, it's one of the top games of the season just because of stylistically how different these teams are in some ways. You know, the way Lamar Jackson plays football, compared to Tom Brady and the history behind it. But I, I just can't go against the Patriots. I just can't. I, I just think that this is a team that maybe we may be talking about 16-0 and at the end of the season. Probably next week now we'll be talking 7-1 and with the way that you're feeling all that love for the Ravens. But that being said, I just think this is a very, very special New England team I just don't think Lamar Jackson is there yet in his NFL career.
5: I just really thought that maybe Justin Tucker would kick nine or 10 field goals along the way AM. That's that was where my analysis was. That's the real only real decided advantage they have in this game from where I sit.
0: But, well, but then, well, you're right. And Nick Falk now, I mean, that's the one thing, too, with the Patriots. And you raise a, actually a really good point about that because Tucker's so reliable. The Patriots, what, life, death, taxes, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and a great kicker. I mean, those are the only certainties in life for about 20 years, right? Yep. I mean, you think back Vanity. to the Yeah. And, and, Right, and Koskowski, and that's it. And now it's kicker roulette. Every week it's a different guy. This week it's Nick Folk. If he screws up, he's out of there, and they'll go to someone else. I mean, it's not real hard. You know what would have been the craziest thing of all, by the way? What if the Colts would have cut Vinatieri (laughs) if he missed the field goal (laughs) against the Broncos and they just brought him back in? I mean, really, you know what? You can sort of like almost see it, right, knowing that uh, the way that things work for the Patriots and how like, guys like Jamie Collins come back to them all of a sudden and they end up re-signing some guys who left, Brandon Boulder I mean, every year you get some former Patriots coming back to the team at a reduced rate. It's remarkable. But that is an edge for the Ravens. I just think it's going to be a great game, but I can't pick against the pass.
1: And the other big game we're going to be watching at earlier in the day, Vikings and the Chiefs, and look, Andy Reid playing at Coy, Patrick Mahomes is officially questionable for Sunday. First thing, do you think we see Mahomes on Sunday?
0: No. All right. Oh, Oh, okay. I I don't. I mean, especially look at the matchup. I mean, look, the Vikings are one of the best defenses in football. I mean, they have a great pass rush. I just don't know. if He's not 100% healthy. You're you're putting a guy out there. Not only a possibility of recurrence of injury, but if he's a sitting duck, if he's not as mobile as he needs to be, I, I would think it's going to be Matt Moore once again. Now, look, maybe they can play Mahomes, but put him on defense. Maybe put him on the defensive line <laughs> to try to help stop the running game of the uh, Minnesota Vikings because they have been absolutely fantastic pounding the rock with Dalvin Cook. And if they keep going the way that they're going with Cook and Madison – I mean, my goodness! Could we start getting some MVP traction as well? It's a bad matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Teams are running the ball the way the Minnesota Vikings do, and by the way, in a league right now where the road teams are winning more than the home teams, which is just absolutely bizarre. And continued on Thursday night with the 49ers and the Cardinals, it would not surprise me if the Chiefs lose their fourth straight at Arrowhead.
5: Well, really quick, last one for you, Alex. I mean, go back to the Bears, Philadelphia. What are the Eagles?
0: Uh, Eagles are an injured team that's getting healthier. Deshaun Jackson should be back this week. The secondary is getting healthier. I mean, this is a much better team. And look, give them credit. They, I mean, they're a veteran group. They rallied last week against Buffalo. Uh, as for the Bears, double joint. It still haunts this team. No identity on offense. Bad time to play the Eagles this week for the Bears. I think they're dropping to the 3 and 5.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Marvez. That's at Alex Marvez. And as always, my friend, appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend.